Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's talk now with a former Brisbane star, and he was a star, Dan. Premiership player, Brownlow medalist, All-Australian best and fairest, Jason Ackermanis for tyre power. The winter safety sale now on 25% off equivalent, four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tire power, get your free five-minute safety check. I don't think I've seen a better kick left or right than the next guest. Uh, maybe Darren Jarman. We'll talk about Taylor Walker for the big man, but uh, Jason Ackerman is a wonderful kick, wonderful player. And he joins us now. Acker, how are you? Good evening, gents. Yes, no, it was the best kick. Uh, short, medium, along. But, yeah, there's a few around. I loved, I used to love the Jarman brothers, but Darren, he was the only one that really, uh, he wasn't as quick as me, of course, and he didn't have the length, but, boy, could he kick some goals. He's a bit of, we're, we're talking, um, Acker, about Taylor Walker. For There's not that many big men that can kick 50 either foot. He can do it easily, the big fella. Yeah, he's got immense power. Yeah, and he uses it well. I mean, Jonathan Brown was actually quite handy on the left as well. The one guy you'd never think of who was very good, and you never saw it, was Tony Lockett, because he never. Oh, wow. he, he obviously was having set shots. But if you if you saw him around the ground, only the boys who trained with him know how good he was. Outside of just you know kicking goals, he's obviously the best of all time. But the actual in general play, because you never saw him in general play, he was very, very, very good. They tell me. So how, how did it come about you being so good on your left side? These days, the guys try and do check sides. They don't even use the left foot now if they're on the wrong side. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a funny one because my first coach was Gordon Casey in Mildura and he said, mate, you've got to learn to kick both feet because if you do, you'll never get in trouble on the footy field, which is my coaches were basically my, my dad's because I didn't have a dad. So I, I just sort of, I took that and I could throw left hand and right hand, but I really practiced hard. And so as I got better... By the time I was 12, I'd kick 50 metres both feet, and I just I had that power. So I just always, it's more about mm. the, the years of practice than anything else. And that's really the, the reason I was so good, and not just in the short-medium kicks, but those really long bombs. I'd have to gather to myself every Tuesday, and I would kick six or eight goals on the run just outside 50. It was too much fun. So, Aka, just on that, you talk about those long kicks. You had great extension in your kicking action. Flexibility, did that play much of a role? Is that important, do you think, when you're kicking both right and left foot? Yeah, I think you've got to get... So, if you look at my running pattern or when I run in my gait, you can actually tell anyone that you know you're familiar with. If you watch them, just their gait and don't actually... You'll know who it is. And Craig McCray is another guy who I played with who has a, a, quite a long, almost overstriding gait tie. I think with that, the flexibility was really odd because I never actually stretched. But just genetically, I was really lucky. So I had, I had two things genetically that were great for me. One was the lack of uh, need to stretch. I just was naturally uh, not hypermobile, just, just flexible. And the other thing was uh, they had this test. I don't know if you ever did it in your day, but they had this machine. And, and as the pressure comes onto your feet, uh, onto your leg, it would measure if your abs would actually uh, get stronger and take that particular, you know, load. Anyway, if you didn't do it, you had to go do extra Pilates. Well, I was one of two blokes who could do it. It just did it naturally. So just that strength, just the coordination in the abs, 
And I got out of doing hours of Pilates, so I was pretty happy. <laughs> That's huge. Um, now, you're up in Brisbane at the moment. You're bullish on the Lions this year. Is the hype up there that potentially they can go a little bit better in this year's final series than the, the previous couple? Yeah, I think the frustration for the Lions fans is easy to see. Obviously, the year we had COVID here, that was just a, a gift. The boys played at home in their beds most of the time, so that was great. But that said... This, and I tell people all the time, this is the best list I've had since I won a premiership with the boys in 2003. It's a very good list. Uh, obviously, Will Ascot's gone down now, but that, that midfield is, uh, if not the best in the comp, and then the forward line is definitely the best in the comp. So it's always been about getting that defensive stuff right. That said, I think, uh, you know, they lost like a point or just very unlucky, a couple, you know, with GWS. They've had a, a bunch of finals lost by a point against uh, Bulldogs. Like, it's not the end of the world. They haven't been far off, so... I've no doubt the persistence factor in just going to the well uh, another time, uh, it'll turn, and they'll win those games. So I expect them to be prelim, and, and they should. They're good enough to be not only in grand final, but to win it. Yeah, they certainly are, and they take on the Adelaide Crows this weekend up at the Gabba. The Crows have a few key defenders. Unfortunately, they're out for the year now with Butts out of the team. Who who do you think is the most dangerous Brisbane forward that you need to stop to be able to beat Brisbane? Oh, I think Charlie. Charlie's obviously very difficult to match up on, and he, he, makes the, he makes the opposition nervous. They can hear him coming. Like when Joey, Joey's big and he can get out the back, but obviously his work rate is not like, say, Lincoln McCarthy or, or of course, you know, Charlie, the way he, they're tackling pressure in the forward half. So I always think he's their most dangerous because he can get off the chain. And I think he's quite good at setting up goals if he gets up the field. You know, you've got Eric who, who's now working up the ground beautifully. So their efficiency in their forward line has become, I think it's gotten way better this year and the connection between the mids. Yeah and the forwards. So that makes them really dangerous. But I would say Charlie. Crows would still love to have Charlie Cameron too. I think they got pick 12 him. I think they might have got Fogarty for, for Cameron in here. Hey, Aka, why are Brisbane so good at home? And they have been back in your day and now 9-zip this year. Uh, I know it's different weather. You go up there and it's almost like holiday season for us guys down south. But uh, the record is so good at home. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... We love playing there because we don't actually train there a lot in the pre-season. You only really get on the Gabba during the season. The boys are out of Springfield now, but we used to be at Cooperoo. I think there's a couple of things that people don't really think about. One is just that little bit of extra air temperature. Things happen. The ball goes further. You've got to run a bit hard. Mm. You're sweating a bit more. But there's a bit more grip on the ball. And the boys, I just think playing at home, it's really strange, I know, but it's so comfortable. The players just seem to be more aggressive just naturally at home and they take the game on. They really back their instincts. And I think that's the key. Uh, we got flogged in a game. I think it was like the round before the first round of the finals. We go back home. We just slaughtered the opposition. And it's just one of those places where Adelaide, the same. I mean, they're fantastic at home. They had been poor away, but they've really picked up mm. and they've had just unlucky, honourable losses. I think they're, look, they're very dangerous. But that said, you know, you can come to the Gabba and it's nearly impossible to win. It's great seeing young kids come through. Nick Dacos has been outstanding. But Ashcroft, before he did the knee, a wonderful year. Looks like he's just born to play footy. And Fletcher, I think, is going to be a pretty good one too, Acker. Yeah, I think with Fletch, I mean, I played with both their, obviously, their fathers and, you know, I had Will was in my arms when he was a baby. It's quite weird. I was walking to the game the other day, did the you know, the Lions game, he's getting out of the car. And, of course, he recognised me, give me a big wave. And it's great to see. And, you know, you're getting old. 
you know, you get old when that happens. But I think uh, safe to say that Fletch doesn't take after his dad. He definitely takes after his mum. So he's got a bit, a little bit more speed than the old piggy Fletcher. <laughs> and uh, so I think, I think that said, you know, th- those boys are wonderful. It's a shame for Will, but they actually reckon he, like his younger brother is really good. Uh, probably not as quick, but then the youngest, the girl, is is the best of all of them, apparently. So keep an eye out for her. In, the, in a few years, you see the Ashcroft name come through. There's bloody magic. It is. Hey, Acker, I find that interesting. You mentioned at the Gabba with the air and the ball moving a little bit quicker. The same thing happened under the roof. It was a much faster game. And if we have a think about Brisbane's form or recent form at Marvel Stadium, uh, they have been very good at Marvel and very good at the Gabba. So do you think that that's directly correlated and maybe potentially why the struggles have been a little bit more at the MCG? Yeah, possibly. The, the G's a bit different because it's wider. I think we always talk as players. I don't know what you used to say, but I, I always thought that at Marvel, the ball, you cannot rest in the forward line because it can come back real quick. But at the MCG, it tends to take three or four seconds longer. It's just really weird. It's a bit wider. The air's a bit different, of course. It's blowy. It's outside. So I, I definitely think that, that that would help. But that said, with Marvel, you know, the ball, it's going to go four or five meters longer the yeah. only thing that used to frustrate me is the ground you couldn't get the same grip and of course when you're quick and agile like i am it's it's a lot of fun so you know i miss playing it like the whacker because it used to have that old cooch grass even in the winter it would brown off and i'd love it because you got all the grip they couldn't catch me yeah. so marvel has probably got those couple of things one the ball does travel faster and further in the air but of course the ground is sort of the negative on it because you can't really get around and do all the great things you can on the other stadiums I guess is Jason Ackermanis. Acker, today's footy with all the defensive actions and people just zone off and you know have everyone in half of the ground. I looked looked at a grand final recently when the Crows won ninety seven ninety eight. You guys won early two thousand. The footy was outstanding. What do you make of it today? You still a are you one that has to sit down and watch every game, or do you think the footy's changed for the for the better or for the worse? Oh, it's definitely changed. I always think it's better because the player's standard of skill is getting better. So, you know, obviously me being really skillful, that was the one thing. There's probably only a couple of blokes that could, you know, across the whole competition that could really do what I could do. But now you're seeing many more in each team who's got the skills, both left and right foot. And I think I think the way that the game is played, like people go, you know, they look at a game and go, oh, how'd you miss that? Or that's soft, yada, yada. And I say, mate, if you get hit by one of those boys at that pace, just those tackles, mm. forgetting that the swing soft. tackle and the dump tackle, it, it hurts. And it's hard. And it, they are bigger. Like the average height when I played was 189 in my team. It's probably near, you know, 193. So they're getting bigger and the average weight's getting bigger. So it, it is a wonderful product to watch. It's a brilliant game. So we'll see the girls come on the next 10 years or so. But the boys' game and, and you know, goal kicking is the only thing that never changes. They're still terrible at it. But everything else, like the, the mm. actual spectacle of it and the way that they've done with the stand rule and all that kind of stuff, the only rules I want to change is, you know, the guys who spoil it out of bounds? I hate Deliberately. that. Deliberately. Deli- that should be delivered. Yeah. You know, they never yeah. call that one. And the other one is, I reckon Kevin Sheedy had a brilliant idea when he said, take away all the score reviews. If it skims the post and goes in, it's a goal like soccer. If it comes back in, it's still in play, play on. And that would make it so much easier. Other yeah, than the... That. Last touch, the, the last touch when it goes out, because we're the only game in the world, really, that doesn't have it. It's pretty, pretty good. I like where it's at. And when you think about the padding's about a foot wide at the bottom, if it, I reckon if it goes on the inside of the goalpost with the padding, that is a goal. I'm happy to go with you there, Acker. 
Yeah, play on. All, all you need to do, it doesn't matter, like if you're kicking a ricochet off someone's head, ah, it's a goal. Too bad, just like soccer. I lo- would love that, because that, then you won't need all this stop review, all this crap. You know, it'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll speed the game up. Um, You you spoke about the skill level of the players nowadays. I want to know your opinion here, Aka, on Nick Dacos. Have you seen anyone come in and dominate so seamlessly at the start of their career? There's been a few, probably Chris Judd and a few others. Uh, I took a few more years. I think Fossey was a star early. But I think with his skill and the way... uh, I, I obviously played against his dad, and he's a wonderful player. I've done many shows with him, but... He's got that nice little back arch, which keeps him balanced, and he's really difficult to sort of... And he's got those quick three or four steps, and he's quick... He's difficult, I should say, to tackle the way he's balanced. So, yeah, just a beautiful player. It's amazing how genes work, and but he's worked hard, and I have no doubt, obviously, this this injury is a, it's a shame. It might cost him a brown load, but he'll be back, and he'll be better than yeah. ever. But, yeah, I think the only thing I was disappointed in watching him the last sort of month is when he does get heavily tagged, and having been tagged since I was little, and I still get tagged in masters when I roll around at 46, uh, the one thing you do need, if you can't, you know, he's not big enough to stand up for himself just yet all game, but he does need his teammates. And I think Craig McRae would be pretty disappointed that his teammates weren't as, as they should be, a little bit more protective. So who do you think he can still hold on, and who do you think wins, wins the Brownlow medal from here? Well, I reckon the Bont's going to win it. I think Petrarca and Bont might be a draw. It could be close. But if Nick Dacos, Petrarca, and, of course, the Bont aren't the top three, I mean, I'll leave my hat. They're just, they're just having great seasons. There might be a couple I might have missed, but I watch a lot of games. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure those three should be there yeah. no matter what. There's some, there's some quality players that may sneak under. Uh, the guard, but you know, so many good players are playing in teams that aren't winning too, so that hurts. And I think those boys have been winning enough, and they're in a good team. But you know, locking in, you just keep tracking up the votes. You just never know. He does, and so as a previous winner, you're going to be there on Brownlow night this year. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this, but for the first time ever, so I have three daughters, but the eldest one has turned 18. So she turned 18 in February, and for about five years, she's been like. Yeah, can I go to Brownlow? I'm like, sweetie, you can't. It's an adult-only you know, venue because you could drink, yada, yada. You can't go. Yep. So, of course, yesterday, I think I've got four photos of dresses she wants to wear. I mean, sweetie, you can just, just send me broke. <laughs> but she's going, so I will be there. I just said, because uh, she does babysitting for the blacks and our two girls, Evie, who's, who's five, and my youngest daughter, are in the same class of school. So... The Blacks will be there, Catherine will be there, and, and just make it nice and calm. So that's the reason we're going, and yes, I will be there. You mentioned Michael Voss earlier, Aka. I mean, six, eight weeks ago, they, they wanted his, well, calling for his head, but great to see the Vossies got him back on track, and Carlton right now, perhaps the, the form team in the comp. Well, they are, yeah, they're probably Melbourne, Port were, you know, just shows you how it changes. But, you know, credit to Vossio, he's been around, and that's the thing about what I say about, I mean, Lossie, one of my great mates. And I, he, didn't, he was upset when I was critical of him for taking the Lions job. But I think now he can see the value in doing the hard yards, getting your credit up, knowing what to do when it goes bad. Goes out, has a couple of beers around a campfire, has a bit of an honest chat, do a nudie run, and what do you know? Boys enjoying the footy again, playing for each other, and they're winning. And it's just it's amazing those little things that can work. Kevin Sheedy used to do it. It's it, it it never fails the human test of when you just bond with your teammates how it can change everything. So, look, they'll they'll play finals. How many more wins they'll get? Who knows? But they are on fire. 
So thoughts then? Do the Power Boys need that? They've had four losses in a row. Is there some concerns at Alberton, do you think? Well, you look at their losses. They're not that bad. It's not throw the baby out of the bathwater kind of situation. I just think there's a little bit of, I mean, look at you know the Pies game. That's they've just been pretty stiff just in the in the last little bits of games here and there. But that said, uh, I think they're probably more worried about you know their personnel and where they're at. See, a couple of weeks ago, and I think Port do the same. And I would every finals team does this to have a really hard week or two or three of training, and they come out on the weekend. You're like, what's wrong with this team? The Lions got absolutely belted by the Suns, and of course went over and backed off the training and went over to Fremantle and beat them. So you just never know where they're at. And sometimes the losses seem to be like, oh, what's going on? But, you know, they'll come good. They're they're too good a team to keep losing, that's for sure. Can they win it without a Ruckman? Scott Lysett's out for another month, and the backup boys just don't cut it. And Charlie Dixon's got sore foot, sore knee, sore ankle. Uh, The bookends, the full back's out injured for a month. Uh, Do you need a Ruckman, Acker? I reckon you probably do. Ruckman, the good Ruckman, you know, you two English and, and these type of Gorney, like they get around the ground and they mark the ball. It's not just in that. You can dominate. Uh, any Ruckman can dominate dominate like they. we know they can, but it doesn't actually matter because the guys at ground level get first use. But it's around the ground. It's all that other stuff you're not seeing, you know, running their opponent into spots, getting back, filling holes, taking marks, just those long pressured kicks or unpressured kicks, I should say, to contest. Like, they're very important. And that's why if you have a Ruckman and you need a Ruckman, he still needs to do those things. And that's what they're missing. There's no doubt. Yeah. Before you leave us, you're in the real estate, Ackermanus Properties. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. I've uh, been in it sort of, this is my third year. So I was started yep. at Ray Wipe and then went out my own after four months. So I've got a big rent roll, about 100, and then we're just selling and the market's been tight you know it's been crazy up here so it keeps us busy uh zoo coins the world's biggest crypto is coming out next month so that that keeps me busy and i'm actually going to broken hill this weekend to do a speaking engagement see. so we'll see how that goes and i, I did tech, see I, I did see you do a handstand after every sale so you're doing plenty of handstands yeah i'm an auctioneer as well so when we do the auctions uh and it's <laughs> successful i always give them a hand but anyway yeah. they, we have some fun it's, it's always good i've got my handstand does does stand the test of time, but I'm getting a bit old to keep doing them. But anyway, I'll keep trying. Now, as you leave, you said Bont probably for the medal. Who wins the premiership? I actually, look, I think I, I, my heart's always Brisbane, and they're good enough. I hope they do. I just have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Melbourne are going to step it up. Ooh, I just think I, I just think Melbourne are going to come good. I think they've got last year and everything else, they dominated the year. I, I just There's something about that group, I think, that got players coming back, they've got depth, they can turn yeah. it on. I just I, there's, there's another gear or two in them, and I just yeah. don't know if the other teams have those gears. Clayton, I'll look back too. Thanks for the chat, Acker. Really enjoyed it. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Good man. Jason Ackermanis, 325 games, 45th in the games, all, all-time record holder. He, <laughs> I reckon I was lucky enough to... See Acker play twice a year throughout his career, we, yep. uh, whether it be Port Adelaide or the Crow. Unbelievable on his day, Dan. Unbelievable. And uh, they, and he backs himself in. As you can tell, he's got a lot of confidence. Still got a lot of self-confidence, but um, a wonderful player. Uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide. Tantania, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we've got Dean Brogan talking about the power and the Giants and also Adelaide, Brisbane. Port Adelaide media manager Daniel Norton 
What's going on with their team? Everyone's sick. Mm, let's, hope bug. Let's, let's hope he's not sick and he's he can a, join us tomorrow. Well, actually, he said he had been. Funny you say that. I spoke to him today. He had been sick. So oh, no. uh, hopefully Daniel's better tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Dan, have a great night and we'll do it all again. We've got the teams tomorrow. It's always looking forward to Thursday teams and um, we'll try and find your winner. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, guys.